This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Welcome to Energy Extra Time, your weekly dose of engaged, unfiltered and analytical football debate from Scotland and the wider world of the beautiful game. I am Sean McGill, I'm in a fantastic mood, we'll maybe get on to why in just a little bit longer, but first of all, we've got the long-awaited return of Energy Sports, Heart of Midlothian correspondent, the man, the myth, legend, Jimmy McIntosh, how are you? Good afternoon, yes, delighted to be back on, it's been far too long. Far, far too long. It's like when hearts were bad, you were here all the time, telling us about how bad hearts were, and now they're alright, you were away. Press conferences now, that's the problem, eh? Mm. It's just busy guy now, eh? Busy really, guy. really big time, yeah, got to your head a wee bit, but happens, happens to the best of us. Um, he's definitely not big time, in fact, he's small time, he's so small time, this is his first ever appearance on Extra Time, but... I guess we've all got to start somewhere. Callum Muldoon, how you doing? I am alright, I'm alright. You know, quite happy after uh sell result against Hips last night, so a bit hungover as well, but we'll go with it. <laughs> hungover is a good place to be on this podcast. We've all done it. And do you know what I wish I was? Um and he might have felt like he's had a hangover for a few days, you might have been feeling a wee bit down in the dumps. But that tends to happen when your team managed to chuck a derby thanks to an 89th minute penalty. Jack Donnelly, how are things, my man? Pain and suffering, both, both coupled together in a horrendous marriage that has invested itself in my life, apparently, since I've decided to support this football club. So, so pleasing. We'll go, we'll go I know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're pleased, mate, if anything. My we'll pain go- can bring someone joy. It might as well be you. Oh, thanks so much. That means a lot. I don't feel the same at all. Um, <laughs> we'll go deeper in the initial derby in a bit, I am sure. But I'll start with Jamie. He's been desperate to give a big shout for a while, so I've got to go back to him and ask him what his bold opinion, his hot take is, and big shout. Um, Pretty simple this week, actually. I feel I've, I've had a few good ones in the past. One was a one particular one that springs to mind was my big rant about uh, Neil Lennon. Uh, my simple big shout this week is that Celtic will win the cinch. Celtic will win the entirety of the cinch. Please do tell us why. They were in disarray just a few weeks ago, and now they, you're saying they're the yeah. front runners for the league. Yeah, you're right. And to be honest with you, I'm not just saying this after kind of last night or that. I actually started to think this probably about a week, 10 days ago now. Um, I, I started to become very impressive with Ange Postacoglu's Celtic. And yes, you know, the defence has still got a lot of question marks around it, but I think we're starting to see progression um, in Ange Postacoglu's Celtic. And for me, I've just not been overly impressed with Rangers. And speaking from a Hearts point of view, I am more concerned about going to Parkhead. Uh, We go there at the start of December on a Thursday night on the telly, weirdly, and uh, then I was about going to Ibrox the other week. So plain and simple, I just think Celtic are better and I think they will win the league. 
I agree. I agree. <laughs> there we go. Callum's cast his vote. Jack, where are you? I mean, get it. we're basically asking for title predictions in uh, at the I end know. of October. This is essentially what Jamie's forcing us into. So, where are you going? I didn't expect it. Did I? I didn't expect to be making a title prediction in October. I mean, we made one at the start of the season, but that's before I bowled and kicked. Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, I probably prefer a, a few Celtics players than I do to Rangers at the moment. I like watching players like Jota and Furuhashi more than I do you know, anyone in the Rangers squad at the moment. So, why not? I don't know. I, I feel like it's quite entertaining football. You get to Celtic, it's either entertaining because it's good or entertaining because it's absolutely pony. So, they're, they're, a, they're a more fun team to watch, I suppose. So, yeah, might as well. Might as well say yes. Let me be contrarian then. I'll say that Celtic's <laughs> squad depth isn't as good as Rangers and a few injuries, especially attacking areas, would... Uh, massively hamper them and I'm still not convinced that they've entirely got that defence sorted out Rangers are going sticky but I mean we've been seeing it for a while but surely they can only get better uh, and surely they'll keep getting awarded uh, penalties when they don't deserve them so that'll be fine they'll see them through and uh, yeah I'll say that Rangers will retain their Premiership title. Callum Muldoon give us your first ever big shout Right I was having a think about this and I think my big shout would have to be that it's a Celtic-themed one as well. So I, I think it would have to be Kyogo Furuhashi is worth £30 million plus already. And plus. He's knocked out of the park in his first one. And knocked out of the park. I mean, he's talking absolute shit. Wow. Um, <laughs> but, but I'll give it's... you the chance to elaborate. He's been a sensation since, since he came to Scottish football. Uh, so validate your price tag, please. It's well, he's uh, he's had a, not that many games, but he's smashed it in every single one. And I think if someone came along in January, like the club would have to ask for something like that. And uh, for like the short time we've had him, and for just how good he's been, like he's had no time to to be shite. So I think that that I, that's what I'm thinking. Like thirty million pounds plus. Jamie, you're a man with a lot of money in your pocket. If you were in charge of uh, one of those middling Barclays teams who want to shoot themselves up the league, would you be forking out 30 million smackaroonies for Kiwo Furuhashi? Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of money, that's for sure. I'd like to see to him down people. at Portman Road, to be fair. Well, yeah, I suppose. I look, I mean, I suppose the big argument is that in this day and age, you know, that, that is the price tag that um, a lot of players are going for. You know, the money's ridiculous down south. And I think for too long, um, they've kind of been taking advantage of, of Scotland. We haven't been, um, we've kind of been bent over backwards, I think, and a lot of our players have kind of been sold for less than they're worth. Um, so I'm all for trying to slap a big price tag on somebody. Um but good luck with that, because I think the, the naivety of other leagues is that the Scottish game isn't up to much, and the argument will be that, oh, he's only playing in Scotland, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, um, I'm going to say no as well. I think it's a bit premature to be slapping that price tag on uh, such a newcomer to the Scottish game, but I guess a plus point is he'll also pick up the rubbish at the ground, so you've got that as well. You've got that additional, you can chuck an extra couple of million in for that. Exactly, um, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's worth. He's a, he's a team player. Um, but no, I think it's a little bit too early for that type of valuation. Where are you, Jack? Is Cam just saying this in case uh, Prince Mohammed bin Salman is just listening to a mm. Scottish football podcast? He does and listen. He's just gonna, 
chuck however many of his Saudi millions at Celtic Football Club. Just Stop being a dick. Get, get you got me. You got me. I'd, I'd, I'd rate that to be honest if uh, Furuhashi ended up at Newcastle I'd be, I'd be good fun him and St Maximin up front together I'd back it to be honest uh, no but I don't think he's worth 30 million plus not at this point anyway I mean yeah it's relatively small sample size when you're talking about actually kneeling down a price tag for him so give it maybe end of the season maybe another season after that and see where we are at that point it's these bloody Celtic fans that's Callum saying Kyogo's 30 million was it 35 million Amy put on Amy can't even put it he went for 35 million (laughs) (laughs) so that was good Um, but I well done Callum on on being controversial in your first one and uh, but I think we've unpicked it a little bit they are nah, nah. nah. I, I still I'm just going to die on that hill yeah, you, you can die on that hill feel free to pal that's what we want <laughs> yeah we want people dying on hills uh, Jack <laughs> <laughs> what hell are you prepared to die on I, 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 it's kind of bringing it from a relatively small sample size in itself but I think the cinch is a better branding than the Barclays ever was already <laughs> and I've got a couple of reasons as to why please tell right, firstly firstly the cinch does not just incorporate one division it incorporates yeah. four, and that's forty-two teams. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bartley's Premier League, that's just twenty teams. That's it's not as not as big time. I yeah. mean, secondly, the cinch means so much more than just a football played. When you think of a peak Barclays moment, you think of stuff that happened on the pitch. You think of maybe the four-all comeback uh, from Newcastle against Arsenal, something like that. Never heard uh, of it. Wayne Rooney's bicycle kick in the Manchester derby, things like that. Like no, the sure. biggest Premier League moments. You think that's peak Barclays. Peak Cinch is Dave Cormack on SportsCenter. Peak yeah. Cinch is everything that happens off the pitch. It incorporates all the patter, all the absolute nonsense that gets involved with Scottish football because that's what makes the game so enjoyable up here for fans of the game and neutrals as well. So I, I, I would die in the hill that yeah, the Cinch has already surpassed the Barclays as peak uh, football branding and I hope it's around for a long time. I love that so much, Jack. I'm not even going <laughs> to try and refute it at all. I'm completely back here. The cinch is the way forward. And folk didn't like that name when it came in, but it's everything about everything that's happened since, all the controversy around the brand. The lower itself. KC. There's not even a capital C. I was about C to say, the, the lower KC makes it. I get raging when I see folk put a capital C. <laughs> it's a lower KC. Remember that. And I'm still convinced that whoever it is, Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Dundee United, whoever gets that title, it'll be Violin Clark coming out and giving it to them. And I just think that's a, a gorgeous, gorgeous prospect. Um, <laughs> Jamie, first of all, what do you think about uh, Jack's big shout? And secondly, have you heard of Violin Clark? Because I'm somehow doubting that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen the adverts. I quite yeah. like the uh, the tune that plays in the background of the adverts. Could you do it and, for uh, He's a guy with a really... Nah, not really. <laughs> you considered it. Uh, I'm, I'm having that. a think. Eh? I'm, I'm having a think. It's not. It's not quite on the tip of my tongue at the moment. Mm. But cinch. He says cinch, and then the other bloke says cinch, and it has the wee. Do, 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 do. And he, he smiles, and his teeth are really white. And yeah. do you know what I mean? Though that's that's, that's so I do know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Is he the supermarket cinch, sweep guy? Yeah, he was on it. The X Factor sort of reject guy. Um, I think oh, got like, a really big TV career after it. Does this? I think he did this morning in that. I don't know. Why? What a guy! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Him coming out to Ibrox and giving the title. I think it would be an amazing sight. Um, yeah, but what do you think of the show? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a, a big fan of uh, big fan of Scottish football in general, as mm-hmm. we know. Uh, I'm a big advocate, and uh, 
yeah, this has been very enjoyable this season. And I, it's solely down to the branding, of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Callum, folk ask for one regular day of Barclays, but I think it's, that'd be a lot more fitting if you were putting one regular day of Cinch. What do you think? Yeah, like I, I, I completely agree. It's, I think, like with Scottish football in general, like it's, it's almost like we don't take it as seriously as like Barclays do, and that's like what's good about it. Like we can, and like we can get quality football, but like you know we can enjoy everything off the pitch much more. Like you don't see that kind of like pa- uh, like power from uh, down south. But yeah, so I think definitely like the branding that Cinch has brought, and just like the um yeah like like you said the name just cinch lowercase c is like it's just such a good like way to sum it up i don't know how that it works but it's just it's just so perfect for scottish football just cinch <laughs> the lowercase c long live it long live the lowercase c um finally i'll wrap that up and my big shout is probably my most clickable and what do we like uh cutable ever if it comes out uh, if this backfires, then I fully expect it to be firmly plastered all over uh, Jack Donnelly's fairly pathetic Twitter account. But oh, what? I'm ready. To, I just followed it the other week, actually. It's not really <laughs> <worth> it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. I'm going to unfollow again soon. Um, but <laughs> my big shout is that Kilmarnock will end the season having won all four Ayrshire derbies. I could have made that big shit at the start of the season, but it was a very new team and we're still all coming together and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, it's just plain and obvious now that there is, in fact, only one team in Ayrshire. And uh, I just don't see any way that United take up. And like, Jack's aim for the season was it would just be nice to win one derby. That's all he wanted. Um, and I just don't think that's going to happen for... Uh, you there pal we'll get into the game after maybe I'll leave Jack to the end of this big shout so we can talk a little bit more about the game so I'll ask Callum are Kelly going to go 4-4 and in the Ayrshire Derbys this season it's it's hard to say I think it's definitely a real possibility they're like um, Klarnik winning the rest of them is more likely than Air winning the other three but, so I think hmm. <laughs> but so I think yeah I think it is a possibility but like you know it's I, I don't think like you saw it, it was a close one, like in a in the one that, uh, last week. So I think it would definitely it would take a lot and probably a bit of luck for all to win all four. Maybe uh, maybe like a draw or two. But yeah, I think it's definitely more likely for Kamarnik to do it than like you know than for Air to. So yeah, I I partially agree with that. Partially agree. I'll take that. <laughs> Jamie, where are you? Uh, Derby's are often uh, hotly contested in Edinburgh. Do you expect them the gap to be? A little bit further. I mean, Hearts are usually coming out on top, but I mean, like, you know, they're close. Yeah, I was going to say, Derby's aren't highly contested in Edinburgh at all. Yeah. That's absolute nonsense. I mean, um, you tend to, to win honest, you, at each other's We've done them both. Recently, yes, but overall, Hearts' uh, Derby <laughs> record is yeah. absolutely streets ahead. Anyway, getting back to this diddy Derby that we were talking about. Um, I mean, you were slagging Taylor off before we came out. Oh, sorry, actually. Uh, no, you weren't slagging Taylor off. Sorry, Taylor, if you're listening. I've just grabbed you up there, Sean. We absolutely were. We were speaking about uh, Taylor's big shout, uh, where he spoke about St. Johnson getting into Europe being very good for them. Uh, I would argue this isn't much of a big shout, because we've already played two of the four Ayrshire derbies this season. Uh, Kilmarnock have won them both. So you've just said that, well, Kilmarnock, who are a better team than Ayr, are going to win two games against Ayr. I'd argue that's not really much of a big shout. 
derbies are, are hard, mate. You know, you've got the atmosphere, you've got the, the Don't pressure. Don't come out you with need, that. You need, to, you need to come out on oh, top. Form goes out the window. Form goes out the window. I mean, there's nothing to say. that. I mean, the last time Kilmarnock and Air met Somerset before this week, Air were in League One and Kilmarnock were a, a premiership team at that moment in time. And the honest men came out on top. So the fact that they're in the same league now, at the same level, and Kilmarnock have, have not conceded a goal yet, I think speaks volumes about uh, just how they're going into these games with the exact right mentality. Whatever. Yes, I agree, though. I agree with your very small shout. Yes, I think Kilmarnock right. probably will win the remaining two Ayrshire derbies of the season. Thanks so much, Jamie. Sorry, Jack. That means a lot to me. Uh, Jack, what do you think? <laughs> Cool. Don't know, to um, be honest, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just for the, to be you... fair, like, well, I mean, you, you can give an opinion. Can we? Do, we we could just probably feed this into just talking about the game itself. To I'd be like honest, because yeah. Uh no, I'm I'm obviously going to disagree. I think we've got at least one in us. So, no. <laughs> okay, tell me what you thought about. Uh, Tuesday's meeting because it's we were both say, shit. Yeah, <laughs> we were both like, shit up yeah. until that penalty. <laughs> we were both really, really bad. <laughs> it wasn't until we get twenty minutes in. I really like. I talked to my mates and was like, "We're not like doing it against this lot. Like these aren't mm. very good." No, you started <laughs> like, well. It was just. It was a very kind of hoofball approach up until a point, and then like air got the ball in the deck for a little bit, and we started actually pushing. And I was like. This isn't what I expected from this game at all, but happy to take it. Came at second half. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, such a painful watch. It reverted back to hoppy, hoppy ball, which I'd never want to see in my life ever again. Because it was just as soon as he would get the ball, hoof up the pitch to Adeloye, most notably. And if he, if he did win the knockdown, there was nobody there to receive it. And if he didn't, then obviously just went back to Kelly. So it was just hopeless from us, to be honest. And... I say that, but Kelly went much better. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really meaningful possession with the possession that they had because they probably dominated the ball a lot more second half, but I don't know. And from my perspective, and I don't know if this translates, it's hard to kind of like analyse their team, especially in a derby, so you mm. maybe you didn't, but I thought um, the injury to Blair Alston was actually a blessing in disguise for Kamarnik because uh, Stephen McGinn came on and I felt like we controlled the ball a lot more in midfield yeah, he did. has a tendency yeah. to drop deep and collect the balls from the centre halves which mean that you and Murray and Dylan McGowan weren't just punting the ball up the pitch they was actually no. were playing through midfield uh, a little bit to it, which I thought was great I mean the big thing from a commander perspective is the decline in our full backs I mean Greg Taylor and Stephen O'Donnell were our two full backs not too long ago and I know people have their opinions on Stephen O'Donnell now but in a commander shirt in that team he was very very good um, but yeah uh, it was Callum Waters, who I always thought was a pretty able deputy, hasn't been good since sort of getting the chairs himself. I don't like Brandon Hunch up the other left back. Mm. And uh, Jason Naismith, who seemed to be a great signing for Kelly. I know a lot of Hibs pals rated him. He was one of the players that Ross County fans were like to have kept in Dingwall. He's been one of Kelly's worst players this season at right back, and I didn't think he was great at all in that game. Um, and a player who's also been winding Kelly fans up is, is Fraser Murray, who came on. Um, towards the end of the second half and it was his driving run after an Air United corner it drove us up the pitch mm-hmm. and um, who I think we could take it out at the end was it was it Waters who got taken and he pushed forward I can't remember who actually I got. don't know who got taken out it was yeah. Jortoff that gave it away yeah though. Jortoff gave it away um, it looked like a definite penalty to me I don't know you were at the other end of the pitch and I'm biased so I don't know if you've got opinions no. on it but it's, he did seem to get taken out 
And then uh, just seemed, it just seemed a strong challenge, but obviously I'm literally the other other end of the park from where it actually happened. Aye. So, and I and I refuse to watch it back because yeah, I'll just no get angry if I do. But um, yeah, Ollie Shaw steps up, scores his fifth goal in nine games, which is a pretty impressive mm. return for. Uh, he's been he's been on form recently. Yeah, he has yeah. been uh, good. Callum Hendry was a bit quiet, which is a little bit disappointing. But yeah, Ollie Shaw's uh, been a, a good addition for Kelly. Steps up, scores a penalty in the 89th minute, which produced some of the best scenes I've seen. And then we end as a Kilmarnock fan. Uh, it was crowds of just under seven thousand at Somerset Park. Three thousand Kelly fans, um, sold out their allocation, and it was a tight squeeze. And I mean, mm. I was I basically got a police escort to the ground because I just happened to turn the corner. The I heard you requested scene. one because you're almost at a thousand followers. That's on it. I'm just a bit, once I get I'm getting that locked in. I'm definitely getting the escort <laughs> everywhere I go. But <laughs> um, I we basically turned the corner the exact same time as like your Stone Island flare. Kelly fans who were getting a police escort, so we ended up getting caught up, and then some sort of fight where fans broke out, which we got like pushed out of, and then there was horses keeping us in this little side lane because they wanted to control the flow of people going into ground. So I thought it wasn't going to make kick off. I eventually did. I watched Kelly win. Tommy Wright was loving it at the end, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an enjoyable uh, occasion for me. Um, I wouldn't have been. I was not happy about driving all that way for a nil nil. So the fact that uh, <laughs> Kelly scored late meant a lot, and it puts Kelly at top of the league after Inverness's loss at Arbroath. So a big big win for Tommy Wright's men, and hopefully they can stay on top of the league. Uh, where will we go now? Let's talk more about midweek cinch. Um, we'll go to Jamie. This is an Edinburgh-based podcast. Why not? You yourself were at McDermott Park. You just told me before we started recording it's your favourite ground in Scottish football. So tell me how much you enjoyed the JT's display in Perth on Wednesday evening. Yes, it is my least favourite uh, trip. It's probably one of my least favourite grounds, actually. Do you know that? We just never seem to do anything there, to be honest. It's always a, a horrible, uh, horrible night. I feel like we've had a, a few midweek games. It always seems to be pissing down. Uh, always seem to drive. It's just a terrible away day, to be honest. And obviously, the result doesn't really matter a lot of the time when we follow hearts away from home. Um, but yeah, now that we're doing quite well, the result kind of you kind of went there expecting us to actually break that hoodoo that we haven't won in the league there since 2010. But uh, foolish to expect the Hearts victory at McDermott Park. Something that I never seem to learn from. Um, <laughs> Kind of same old story with Hearts, actually similar to, to Saturday's game against Dundee. They had plenty of possession, created plenty of chances, just couldn't really put the ball in the back of the net. Obviously didn't have Liam Boyce, which was obviously going to be a big miss. Uh, I was quite impressed with Armand Nondouille, actually, to be fair. I was a big critic of him on Saturday. He came on and just didn't really look interested. But he was good yesterday, I thought. Um, but obviously he's a striker. You want him to put the ball in the back of the net and he, he missed a few chances, so... That's not ideal. Um, but look, you know, that's obviously the first round of fixtures all been completed. We're sitting third. We've not lost a game, so we really shouldn't complain too much. Um, but I agree that we should have had more points because we've, we've thrown away some silly ones. But ultimately, I think that's a positive. You can turn it into a positive anyway and, and say that, you know, we've we've done all these good things, yet we still think we could be doing a bit better, which is testament to, to how good the squad is that Robbie Nielsen's actually built. Yeah, Liam Gordon scored uh, early in the game and then Josh Nelly got one back for Hearts uh, not too long before uh, half-time. Mark, Robbie Nielsen said after the game, Jamie, that um, Hearts are probably playing better football now than they were 
at the start of the season when they were winning more games? Do you think that's a, a fair representation of where Hearts lie at this moment in time and just how frustrating is that, that if you had won, say, the last two games, you would be firmly in amongst it with uh, the old firm? Yeah, they've just had too many draws. Um, you know, even looking back to like the Derby, Ross County, Aberdeen, we just had a few kind of silly draws, which the Derby certainly could have gone either way, but Ross County as well was was poor. Um, we weren't great that day. We changed formation. It didn't really work that day. Drew two all. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Hearts, second half especially, Hearts were, were, it was a sloppy start yesterday and they gave away a cheap goal, which you can't really afford to do in this league, especially against St. Johnson because they're a very difficult team to, kind of go and chase a game against because they're very well organised and I know this season they've been a bit a bit different they've given up some cheap goals um, which isn't like them but uh, you still don't really want to go chasing a game against St Johnston second half we as I say we had pretty much all the ball I think we had 70% possession yesterday um, which I you know I've never remembered Hearts having so much possession in games in the top flight on a kind of consistent basis even when we went to Ibrox we had something like 40 44 or 46 or something so Normally, when you go to Ibrox or Parkhead, you'll have like 30% of the ball. But this Hearts team's pretty good at keeping control of the ball. Um, so, you know, the, yeah, I think we, we are playing pretty good football. But um, I'm not sure I would say we were brilliant last night, kind of like the way we passed. But I think that was largely down to like the conditions, to be fair. It wasn't really a night for for playing kind of tick-attack of football, which Robbie Nielsen's Hearts are uh, starting to become known for. Who would have thought it, eh? How times change. Um, Hearts dropped to third after that result, and that's due to the fact that Celtic picked up three points at Easter Road. Callum, I'll come to you. Uh, Ange Postacoglu described this as perhaps the best football that Celtic have played since he arrived at Parkhead. I think that's fair to say. Are we finally seeing Celtic click, and can they keep this up and really start to push Rangers in this title race? I I think I I have to agree with Postecoglou on that. It's uh, like we just played like the football that I know his uh, Postecoglou wants wants us to play. Mm-hmm. It's like it was so fast flowing. It was um, really forward thinking. Like we were quite. Um, I was I, I was watching the like Ferenc Varos game and um, and like in the first half it was like it just wasn't like um, like that and like with comparing like the first half of that game. And uh, the first half of this one, uh, it was it's so it's so good to see that contrast because you see, uh, like like Rolfson, uh, Rolfson was uh, brilliant. Um, like the defense were getting involved. Um, Rogic was great until he had to get taken off, which is a bit of a worry. But um, yeah, he's it's it's really coming together now, and I don't know if this is like a permanent thing because second half we have to sit back as Hibbs tries to come on the counter, um, but. Yeah, I I think if we keep that up, then I don't see uh, any reason why we couldn't be challenged, like properly challenging this year for the title. So hopefully this is a a sign of things to come and things that will stay. But um, yeah, because with with this team, we've lost three times a season and both have been to like the two teams that we need to worry about most, Hearts and Rangers and Livingston for... uh, we cannot fucking handle the Tony Macaroni Stadium at all. We cannot do it. I, I think I don't know if this if, if this is true or not. But I saw we haven't won there in like years. It's mad. And it's like since I look back at fixtures. Back, yeah, because obviously Livingston were down in the doldrums, but like since they've came back, you haven't beaten them at Almondsbury. 
yeah, it's two. I think it was two thousand seven was the last time we beat them at the Tony Macaroni Stadium. And it's, it's, it, it's just an unbelievable thing. So like, I I think that's just like that was a slip. But those two games, we need to really focus on like top teams. But like Hibs are on a bad slump. Like I would class them as like a team that I would normally be worried about during it. And I think I still would would because they've had everything to play for. And it's, but yeah, I definitely think this like against a team like Hibs, like even if they are not on form, it's it's a great result to have and a great sign of what's uh, what Postecoglou is all about. Uh, Jack, I'll very quickly come to you for uh, Hibs' reaction. You were at Easter Road last night, uh, mm-hmm. tagging along, getting some freebies from the man, uh, considering you do some work for uh, the women's team. Uh, tell me, should Hibs fans be as upset? as they currently are. Jack Ross is under a lot of pressure. Jack Ross said that he any sort of concerns um, or sort of unsupportive comments should be directed at him rather than the players because the players need the support. I think Hibs fans are justified in just how disgruntled they seem to be at this moment in time. Well, I think the first thing to say, I feel like there's not a point in time that Jack Ross isn't under pressure. I yeah. feel like he's just consistently got at least a portion of the Hibs fan base just against him, like favourably against him, whatever he ends up doing. Ah. Uh, Hibs were completely non-existent in that opening half an hour last night. It was men against boys, to be quite honest. Celtic looked great. I think a large part of that came from the fact that Tom Rogic was absolutely unplayable. I thought I thought he had a fantastic uh, start to the game. Him and Jota as well on the right-hand side. Uh, through the Hashimura out to the left. Uh, obviously, he had to get withdrawn from the game. He was injured. Uh, Near Beaton came back and, and then second half Hibs started kind of getting at uh, Celtic a lot more. They really kind of up the intensity in that opening kind of five minutes of the second spell. They were really spent the entire time in the Celtic half. So I suppose there was more of a reaction, which was more encouraging, especially for the people sat around me anyway. But nothing clicked in the end. They just couldn't get anything to click for them. And I think that is a genuine concern. I think that they are right to have some concerns because these are the games that you at least want your team to show up in. You at least want to have some sort of semblance of competition. But for various portions throughout that game there was very little competition if any at all yeah Jim I'll come to you very quickly to talk about the Rangers game because I think we do need to talk about it. so I want three short responses to these questions um, how worried should Rangers fans be about their current form does this result ease the pressure on Stephen Glass considering they were 2-0 up in the game can we do can we That's do one right. at a time I'll, can we right, do one go. at a time I'll forget the first right, go. How, what was the first one again how worried should Rangers fans be about their current form <laughs> performance wise very. Very. Great. Um, does this <laughs> result ease the pressure on Stephen Glass, considering that they were turned up in the game? Yes. Brilliant. And what was my final question? Was it a penalty? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Brilliant. That is exactly what I wanted, and um, I think I agree with all your answers. Um, yeah, other results in the Premiership that I'll quickly round up. Motherwell drew 2 all with St Minute for Park. Then United failed to capitalise on a man advantage. It was 1-0 there at Almond Vale. And an amazing result for Ross County at Dens Park as they blew Dundee away 5-0. Now, uh, we've, got, we've got to talk about Ross County here. Come on, we've got to talk about Ross County. Go here. on then. Right, this, that result has been coming, by the way. I said on the Football Roundup a few weeks ago, me and Graham, I think we're having a discussion about the two or three teams that were in the relegation zone. I backed up Ross County. They're still bottom of the league, I accept that. But uh, that result has been coming for Ross County. They've 
created plenty of chances and the problem for them has been putting those chances away and the defence is still a bit suspect as well. Harry Clark, what a player he looks, by the way. And uh, Hungbo as well on the wing, another kick. very good player. Um, yeah, what a free kick, exactly. Some very good goals from Ross County last night as well. Regan Charles Cook absolutely causing just chaos last night, absolutely tearing it up in the kitchen. And uh, I love that <laughs> celebration as well, eh? Stun the pot. He's, he's stunning the pot. Uh, where will we go now? Um, news from the continent and moving news that uh, we should have been expecting for a while as Ronald Koeman was sacked as Barcelona manager following a 1-0 defeat away to Rio Biancano. Is that right, Jack? How's that doing? Uh, by a candle. You, you went far Cano. away. Cano. Yeah, thanks, Jack. I mean, it's a lot of languages to greet. Uh, Randall yeah, Falcao scored the goal there. Uh, we say he wears number three as a striker. I don't know if I like that. He's like Asamoah Gyan, isn't he? Disgusting. Uh, is it number three? It might be something along those lines. A stupid number for a striker, anyway. Uh, yeah, Cal, this kind of just underlines more the mess that Barcelona have been in for what feels like an age now. Uh, it seems like Xavi Hernandez is set to get the job. Do you feel like this is the right time for him to take it, considering that the, the state that that club is in and he has a, a fledgling managerial career that he wants to set out a positive reputation for, I'm sure. So do you think that him returning to his former club could actually hamper his career in the long term? Uh... I think, yeah, for Xavi, it's probably not a good idea. But, and, like, for Barcelona, like, like Barcelona need it more than Xavi does. And I think, because Barcelona will, like, you know, they'll always, like, he'll, I think it's, it's inevitable that he'll go there and he'll manage there. But I don't, I don't know if it's the right time because right now they're just in such a mess that, like, you need, like, it's a gradual thing. You need someone to be that kind of fall guy to, like not exceed, like not excel, but like just take them out That's of what this. And Kuma was meant to be. In He's dipped below again. Like it's now. I, I mean, they're lying ninth in La Liga, and they're on the verge of getting eliminated from the Champions League group stages. I mean, Barcelona are probably going to mm. play in Europa League football in a few months' time. That's completely unthinkable, given given the domination they had over European football. As well, Ronald Koeman was meant to be that placeholder until Xavi thought he was ready, mm-hmm. and he's managed to sort of contribute to this this sort of decline albeit in very trying circumstances yeah it's it, but that's the thing it's, it's Ronald Koeman it's like he's not yeah. top class like I think you need someone who's like really like who's good yeah but like <laughs> but like that's that's Jan- Barcelona is a good manager that should be <laughs> controversial that's my big shout <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's yeah it's um because I think Xavi is if you if he goes in and like he, like this team is as unworkable as like it, it is like you need um like you won't have that shot again and I think he could work wonders with like his actual quality side so I don't think it's the right time to bring Xavi in for Barcelona because his name is such a like such a big thing for Barcelona he's uh I, like I think for his reputation at, there and for the fans like viewing him in such uh, in this like brilliant light you can't I don't think bring him in at this time. Uh, for him would not be like great i think you need to just give it to it's, I, don't, I i i have no clue like who could really turn it around you need like someone steve who's bruce. like <laughs> steve, give it bruce, steve bruce, bruce i swear to god <laughs> i mean just well that's the thing they have um he'd get like like not as much he 
Actually, to be fair, he'd probably get um less money than St- um Mike Ashley was giving him for the Barca uh, mm-hmm. for the Barca yeah. squad. So, yeah, I think um you need someone who's a miracle worker. You need like a pet, but pet wouldn't like or someone like pet wouldn't even like touch the, that club. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like you're you it's gonna ruin like your reputation no matter what. And I think yeah, they just need someone to come in before Xavi can come in and just do his thing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And um, we do like to have a laugh and, and take the piss, but we also like to cover uh, the very important issues in football. And one that I think a lot of people went for a long, long time um, broke yesterday as Josh Cavallo became the first professional male footballer in the world to come out as gay. Um, Jack, I know you're covering this story uh, as part of uni over the next few days. So just how much of a seminal moment is this for the sport that's long been crying out for anyone to be able to take this leap and a sport that's been looking at itself and wondering why hasn't been enabled for someone to take this leap while playing the game. Yeah, I think you've made the good point. It's taken so long, which is probably the saddest thing about it is that it's been so long before someone's been comfortable and secure enough in themselves and secure enough in the support of the people around them that mm-hmm. they've been able to take their step and come out as gay. It's a monumental step it's a massively brave thing to do especially with the climate that we do live in of course there's going to be reaction that might not be as kind as what people are expecting you saw that uh, when we were talking about it when it broke and cam put the tweet from sky sports and you just saw the hidden replies and they were still quite negative but the good thing about that is uh, the positive completely outweighs the negative yeah. 10 to 1 if not even greater there's been so, so much support from every aspect and every corner of the football community uh, surrounding Cavallo and it's hopefully going to act as a springboard for other people, even not even out with the professional game, even just in grassroots football and things like that, that people can feel comfortable in themselves knowing that it's become accepted and people are going to be a lot more tolerant of it and we're hoping that it's going to continue to be uh, working towards that and everyone's going to be tolerant of it one day that's what we want to work towards that's what we can hope for so it's a massive massive credit to Cavallo and hopefully it's the start of a big big change within the football sphere yeah I think yeah it's worth I was saying that everyone here at Energy Sport completely supports Josh Cavallo and what he's mm. uh, and the, the fact that he's been so brave and, and fair play to him for being so brave and mm. hopefully this is the start of a, a lot more inclusive uh, sort of discourse and uh, atmosphere around this particular area of football and uh, sort of sticking on serious issues and um, very sad news this week with the passing of Walter Smith. Jane, I'll come to you on this one. Uh, just how much of a titanic figure has Scottish football lost uh, this week and how much of his character is reflected in the positive it's sort of testimonies and tributes that we've seen paid over the last few days to the former Rangers and Scotland manager? Yeah, it's it's you know obviously very important that we touch on this, and I'll be perfectly honest here. I'll I'll come out and say that probably because of my age, I didn't know that much about kind of Walter Smith kind of prior. You'd say during his first spell at Rangers, mm-hmm. um, it's not until sometimes it, not not just with Walter Smith, but sometimes it's not until somebody dies that you see the kind of tributes flow in and you see what a kind of monumental figure that they were and how much they had achieved that you perhaps didn't know about. And that's certainly been the case for me personally with regards to Walter Smith that uh, achieved so much more than um, than what I actually 
already knew. And uh, there was quite a lot of things that I kind of didn't know, even just being up at the Hearts press conference and speaking to Robbie Nielsen about it. A few people were asking him about it. And I actually didn't know that Walter Smith had given Robbie Nielsen his, his only Scotland cap. That was actually news to me, um, that he was in charge of, of kind of Scotland at the time. I don't really tend to look look back that far. Um so yeah, you know, Robbie spoke very highly of him and a lot of the tributes that have been in the paper yesterday and today, um just some really, really funny stories as well. Um just just yeah. Mm. Some very funny stories and uh, yeah, just a, a an icon of Scottish football that, that we've lost. So yeah, very sad news. Yeah, absolutely. And again, everyone here at Energy Sport uh would uh like to wish the best to watch my friends and family and it's very very sad news and Scottish football has lost, lost a great figure and uh, for this week's See It Out I wanted to kind of uh, pay tribute to Walter Smith in a way so gentlemen what I'm looking for in the See It Out is anyone who has managed either Rangers, Everton or the Scottish National men's football team so if they fall into any of those three categories i am including interim managers in the quiz but any name that has managed either everton football club rangers football club or the scottish men's national football team i will make this order it's calm's first ever go and see it out so i'm gonna let him go first and i dislike jamie the most so he can go last Oh yes jack can that's a surprise firmly in the middle uh you've had a rough week pal uh, so yeah, I'm going Callum, Jack, Jamie, Callum, do you want to get us underway with anyone who's managed Scotland Rangers or Everton? I have to say David Moyes. David, uh, uh, by the way, Walter Smith doesn't count, <laughs> just in case you're <laughs> <sorry. laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, David Moyes has indeed managed Everton. Uh, we've already mentioned this, so Ronald Koeman. Yes. Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, that is correct. He is the current Rangers manager, for anyone who was <laughs> unsure on that. Callum, back to you. Oh, oh, I, I, oh it's just you, it keeps keep going. going. Yeah, be, oh, right. It <laughs> just caught me off guard. Craig Levine. Craig Levine has indeed been Scotland manager. What a great time to be alive that was. <laughs> uh, Roberto Martinez at Everton. Yes. He has been ever a manager. And sometimes linked to the Scotland job, but I don't know why. Sure, I'm a woman, that's why. I guess uh, so. Graeme Souness. Graeme Souness, I believe, has been Rangers manager. He has from uh, the 1st of May 1986 to the 16th of April 1991. He got three first-tier early the cares. Um, who's <laughs> next? <laughs> Come uh, uh, Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez is the current manager of Everton FC. Carlo Antonio. Mark Warburton. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's, sorry. I did just sorry. hear Jack first, but that's lucky from you, Jamie Boy. Um, I heard Carlo Ancelotti from Jack. Jamie, know your place, man. And what did you say, Jamie? Yeah, sorry. Mark Warburton. Mark Warburton, yes, who has been Rangers manager. Uh, Pedro Cachinha. What a man. That bush will live on forever. That bush. <laughs> and when uh, he called Barry McKay Robbie. Oh yeah, there was that. Uh, Steve Clark, my man. Of course, you would say him. Yeah, Steve Clark, the man leading us to Qatar twenty twenty two. Beautiful man. Alex McLeish. He has been Scotland manager twice. 
and charge us some very good results and some very bad results. Uh, has Gordon Strachan been said? No, it has not, and that is a correct answer. Uh, Duncan Ferguson. What a man, yes. That was a great time when he was in charge at Everton and just winning games. I still find it amazing that Duncan Ferguson and Carlo Ancelotti were a managerial team. Um, yes, correct answer. Let's go with uh, Monsieur Paul Le Guin. I believe that is a correct answer. It is. I'm going to try and do all Rangers ones. <laughs> Dodge. Um, oh, Sam Allardyce. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's me. Uh, Craig Brown. Yeah. Oh, that's your pal. Well, he's your pal. He's your pal's grandson. <laughs> His grandson's my pal. Super Ali. Ali McCoyst. What a man. Ali McCoyst, mm. indeed. Marco Silva. Correct. Marco Silva is there. Uh, oof. Let me see. Uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Alex Ferguson. Of course. Fucking man's in Scotland for a bit, didn't he? He did indeed. Sir Alex, the, the GOAT. Graham Murray. Graham Murray, yeah. I'm included in him one, so... Well, actually, he got the job Hamlet for a bit, didn't he? Um, yeah, he so, did. Uh... He got a 62% win rate in the second spell. <laughs> manager. Uh, Jockstein. Yes, of course. Legendary Celtic and Scotland manager. Interim, oh, interims do count. Uh, fucking Malky then, go on. Oh, boo. I know, I'm sorry. We'll try and forget that. He's got a 0% win rate as Scotland manager. John Gregg Loyal. Uh, are we still going Rangers? Yes. Yeah. We are. Sorry, my history is not very good. Um, I could be struggling now, to be fair. Greg was voted the greatest ever Ranger in 1999. Good for him. Right, John Greg Loyal. Did someone say Ali McCoist? Yeah. Yes, and I have to take that Ah, so you're Ah, I'm not going to delay. Good show on you in the first one. He's done what he's needed to do and made sure that I wasn't last, so that's... Yeah, now you're happy to drop out. Uh, I've got a name, but I can't remember if Jamie said it or not. Uh, George Burley. George Burley has not been said. Well, You're still in the game. Bertie Votes. Oh, you fucker. Bertie Votes has also (laughs) not been said, so that goes back to Mr. Donnelly. It does. Oh, shit. And I don't like dead air, Jack. No, I know you don't. Oh. And I don't like people taking the piss with answers. So I'm going to have... Oh, I might, I might be done, Mr McIntosh. Five, four, three, two, one. Jack Donnelly. Oh. No. Imagine. Um, <laughs> in 19... Imagine Everton in the 1800s. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, no, they didn't. Um, so, Jamie, this to win it. Your first seat out in a while. Not saying that you're not one of them just because you've not been here. But um, have you got an uh, answer for me? Did Andy Roxburgh manage Scotland? Andy Roxburgh. That's as you've won. <laughs> That's as you've won, please. I'm, 
I'm pretty much struggling here, to be fair. If this is wrong, I could be struggling as well, Jack. After Alex Ferguson and before Craig Brown, Andy Roxburgh was the Scotland manager. Jamie McIntosh wins this week's See It Out. There's some fairly big names that you guys have missed. Maybe, I don't know. Um, the only one that's really stood out to me on the Everton list is David Unsworth for his... Uh, caretaker spells in charge Howard Kendall seems to me he jumps out to me as a big name but I don't really know um, so that's that uh, Scotland folk you could have had Matt Busby was Scotland manager which is news to me was he? in 1958 hmm. um, Bobby Brown Tommy Docherty you uh, said Jock mm, Steen Tommy, Tommy Burns uh, didn't wasn't oh. said by anyone and uh, right. a recent one, 2012, Billy Stark had one game in oh. charge and won it uh, in 2012. And <laughs> Rangers won's um, Ian Duran, uh, caretaker charge, Stuart McCall, oh, no yeah. one said. Um, oh, I, I thought someone had said him, actually. I uh, did have him down, but I thought someone had said him. Jimmy Nicholl in, in some Jim, charge as well. I was well. going to say, would Jimmy Nicholl have yeah. counted? I was going to say that. I don't think well. anyone said Dick Advocate. Oh, ah, so no, no one did. I don't think you did. Did you? No, I don't think I did. I had a lot left in. <laughs> you were sorted. But aye, I think that was a, a pretty good show. And it was almost like pointless, wasn't it? When you've got three categories and you can pick which one to dip into. And I know Jamie's <laughs> I like a that. big fan. So, uh, yeah. exactly. That's why he's better than you think, Jamie. You absolute rodent. <laughs> you absolute <laughs> rodent. Um, we can look ahead now to the weekend. We've got a bit of time. Um, so where will we go? Let's look at those Premiership fixtures and I will ask Jamie how he is feeling about a trip to Bitaudry. There's so much pressure on Stephen Glass recently, but a win against Herbs and this draw against Rangers might have the Dons buoyed for this one. It's a tough place to go. Do you reckon that the Jambos can pull off a result at Bitaudry? Uh Hearts love a draw, so I'll see another draw. Uh, I think it should be a good atmosphere, actually, to be fair. Uh, Aberdeen are expecting less than 10,000, apparently. Um, Hearts have got something like 800 tickets as Was they try not? to avoid yeah. the vaccine yeah. passport scandal. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> not <laughs> very well informed. <laughs> passport. <laughs> the vaccine passport scandal. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking, <laughs> looking forward to going up there. Taylor, contrary to what Taylor said earlier on in the week, I do like going up to Audrey. I think it's a good day. We're on the half past ten train, so uh, and we're spending a night up there this time. So uh, night out at mm. Nice accommodation. Uh, the breakfast is included, I believe. There we That's go. That's nice enough for me. Will that just be like a, a, a toast? Last for bacon, deal. but there just oh. won't be. Yeah. I'd, I'd be wanting. Michael, just, the... he's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jack, I'm going to ask you yeah, about Ross County. Oh, so we just have something to say there, Jimmy? No, I was just going to say, but hopefully, looking forward to we uh, Bacardi, Bacardi and Diet Lemonade. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. You've, you've set me off now. It, it took a minute. I thought it wasn't going to land at first. I was like, oh, that's just going to sound really bad. Podcast <laughs> just a joke that wasn't landing, but can always rely on you for Dog Game Patter, Jamie. Thankfully. Here we go. Here we go, Jack. I'll ask you no about uh, Ross County versus Hibs. Jamie said that result had been coming. They're going to be hot off the heels of that 5-0 victory. Whereas, I mean, if Hibs go to Dingwall and lose, are we again looking at really, really big questions being asked uh, over Jack Ross's future? Uh, 
Yeah, I think I think quite clear. That was you know that was the first game I ever actually covered for Energy Sport was Hibs Ross County at Easter Road. And no, it was this not is Ross County Hibs this weekend. I know it is, but it's so well, it's the first fixture was the first. Okay, well, just, just all right. Look, aye. Well, and there were questions asked for Energy Sport. That's a great question. You co- you don't cover a uni football match. Oh, that probably was the first one I did actually because someone who asked me to go to that. Craig, okay, why did you ask me to go to that? Sorry, yeah, Gregor, why did you uh, ask him to go to First that? Premiership game was Livingston versus Hamilton Academical. <laughs> oh, what a glamour tie that was. <laughs> Actually, oh, right, there was an 86th minute winner from 18 year old Kyle Monroe on his debut for Rackies. So, well, then you go to that story at least. What about you, Jamie? What was your first energy game? Uh, my first one was Hearts 2, Partick Thistle 0 in a, a friendly. Oh. Uh, it, was, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Is that lockdown time or before? Ian. Did you been before? That was the summer, um, was it not? Yeah, it was actually. Uh, well, Typically I don't know because they started the, they started the champion they started the championship season late that year, so. Well, they did. Uh, it was probably they? like towards towards the end of summer, I think, wasn't it? See, we, right? Can I just jump in here while I've got a chance? We were speaking about Hibs. It's four defeats in a row now. Then if they lose on Saturday, obviously that makes it five. But then That's if you go back fuck. even further, so their last. I'm good at maths, eh? See, so <laughs> the, the game before, the game before, right? No, no, shut up, right? The game before, Hibs won St. Johnson nil. That was the last win before this run of defeats. And it was that ropey penalty that they got as well. Mm-hmm. I remember it. So, you know, they shouldn't have, shouldn't they have even won that game. And then the one before it was that Dundee United game in the cup that they won 3 1, where they were pretty lucky as well. They're mince. Rubbish. <laughs> Do you want to make it. the shout that Hearts will win all the remaining Edinburgh derbies? Hearts could put out any team. Some edit in there. I think we could we could sort that out. We could salvage that. The next, <laughs> the next, the next derbies at Easter Road. I'm not risking it. I reckon we could do that. Um, you were talking about Caleb about hating Almondvale and heading there, but Celtic host Livingston at Parkhead, and you would think that. The form that they're in at this moment in time that they should be able to see off Livy fairly comfortable is that your expectation? Aye, like we're we're uh, we're looking really solid right now, and I think this game against Livingston, like it sounds weird because it's a living it's against Livingston, but it will mean something because it's just it's the one game that like we were not this season that we were like well basically the one game that we were like expected expected to win. Like we um, because we knew the Hearts game, like it was, like it was a bit of like a write off. Like we hadn't had like the squad wasn't like gel properly. Rangers game, it's it that's like, always going to be a tough game. But like losing to Livingston, it's it's like not what you'd expect from us really. And it's um, so I think if we, uh, if we like pump them like um at Celtic Park, <laughs> <laughs> it's um. I th- it'll it'll definitely mean something. It just shows that we're past that point that we were at, um, when we played them at the Tony Macaroni Stadium. But just watch us lose uh, lose to them when we go back there like later this season. <laughs> so, fingers uh, fingers crossed that we'll um, we'll we'll, we'll thump them this time, and we'll thump them again at, um when we go back to back to Livingston. Yeah, other fixtures this weekend: St. Mirren take on Dundee and Paisley. St. Johnston go to Dundee United. And a Tayside Derby, and on Sunday Motherwell host Rangers. Uh, looking into championship for. Looking some... forward to that one. Yeah, I'm not. Um, do... Motherwell Rangers. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, WWE Championship with some good fixtures. Eddie Knight looking to bounce back at Starks Park. That'll be a tough game for them. Wraith in good form. Mm. Partick versus Inverness is a good game to look out for them. Won the Jags in League One. Cove Rangers take on Queen's Park. That is first versus second. Both level on 20 points. Plenty to look out for there. Mm. Uh, Clyde entertain Falkirk. Um, yeah, who cares? <laughs> in League Two, Kelly Hearts versus Stirling Albion. That's also first versus second, but there's mm. six points uh, between them. So a, a win for Stirling would get them right back in the conversation. And in the Lowland League, it's first versus fourth. Bonnery grows. Beep 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 beep. Rico entertain some of the strollers. Uh, Rose fresh off the back of uh, going viral at the weekend thanks to a very handsome admin. Uh, <laughs> game of the week time, <laughs> lads. Where are you going, Jack Donnelly? Give it Don's heart. Aberdeen versus Heart of Midlothian. That is your yeah. game of the week. Why? Don't know. Just keep to see how it pans out. Hearts are kind of having a little bit of a... a can we say a dip when they're still unbeaten? I mean, kind of, but yes. compared to what they were, and Aberdeen are kind of back on the up after the last two results, so interested to see how it pans out between the two, whether it's still the same for either team uh, come the end of the 90 minutes. Callum Muldoon, what's your game of the week? It's, I, I'm thinking Ross County Hibs might actually be quite a good one to, to be watching. It's Both are shite. And um, but <laughs> I mean Ross County are coming off the back of a five nil win and Hibs are coming off the back of four uh, four losses in a row, and I think it kind of evens out. So I think we could have a good game on on our hands with that one. Mister McIntosh, where are you going? Uh, well, I'm going for some Friday morning football. The Pakistan Navy. Are- <laughs> 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 yes, good. Who's playing like? To. The Pakistan Navy are at home to Lealpur, so I'm looking forward to that. That's fifth versus eleventh in the Pakistan. Who's <laughs> the, the key men in that one? Like, you just, they're on the board. You just have to decide who's the best footballers. I don't know where the Navy play actually. I don't know where they play their home game. <laughs> the bottom of the ocean. Well, class one battleship. Take that, take that, that, that one off the list actually. Take that one off the list. Ground hopping in the Pakistan yeah. Premier League. <laughs> You'll need to make the trip now after your uh, discovery of them. <laughs> Those have some great options there. I'm really <laughs> send someone for energy sport, like yeah. Jimmy's <laughs> going. Jimmy's it. going. Um, I've got to pick one of those days game of the week. Um, <laughs> There's an obvious answer, to be honest. Yeah, it's got to be the Pakistan. <laughs> Who's your favourite son? Uh, Guaranteed, Jamie says it different the way they say it later <laughs> compared to when he talks about it. Leal Poor. Leal Poor. Yeah, do, do you know what? The, 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 knee, the manager's under pressure because they had a really bad result uh, the other day against Pakistan Air Force. They lost 3 0 at home. The, the fans were, were not impressed with that. So uh, the manager the manager of the Navy is under uh, a bit of pressure. Captain, can you, he's can under you a bit of pressure. He's under 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 a bit of pressure. Uh, right, that is the energy extra time game of the week. The first time we've dipped into I'm so happy that's happened. Make sure you check that out on a, on Friday morning. Get those alarms set and get your <laughs> extremely dodgy uh, streams set up. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Energy Extra Time. Make sure to subscribe so it appears in your feed 
automatically. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We are at ENRG Extra Time. You can find us overall, all the stuff we do at ENRG Sport. And of, co- of course, that's the award-winning website, energysport.net. I'll say a very big thank you to Jamie McIntosh, Jack Donnelly and Debutant Calmo Dune for joining me. I've been Sean McGill and we'll see you again next week.